And we are live. Hi, and welcome to episode 31 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host, along with Nancy Minicozzi. My name is Lisa Nowakowski, and I teach fifth grade in South Monterey County in California. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional tech coach in Northwest LA County. Uh, just a reminder about our podcast format. We do a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got time for more than that. Here's Lisa with our coffee fact of the podcast. Well, I found it interesting that the first webcam in the world was made for, you guessed it, coffee. In 1991, a group of Cambridge University scientists set a camera on their working uh, the coffee pot in their office just to stream live footage so that when they got up to get coffee, they know there would actually be coffee and not disappointed. And tonight's guest is Jeff Faust, who will be uh, talking to us about a terrific literacy tool, Read and Write for Google. So thank you, Jeff, for joining us and for your patience. We had a few false starts, uh, but thank you for being here tonight. So tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Absolutely, Nancy and Lisa. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be here and false starts happen. Trust me, I know uh, every day I help people try to work through those kind of things. So no worries at all. Uh, I am a director of technology for Charlottesville City Schools in beautiful Charlottesville, Virginia. So it's a little later out here. I thought about having coffee with TLC podcast, but I was like, you know, it'd be a bad idea at 1015 to have coffee. So um, I've uh, been with Charlottesville City Schools uh, in this role for about five years. But uh, before I was this, I actually uh, worked in the private sector in software development. Um, and product management. Um, and before that, I was a classroom teacher for six years um, in Culpeper, Virginia and Fairfax, Virginia. So I have a, um, a variety of experiences in my background. Uh, I think they all help to inform me and keep me a little bit level-headed when it comes to decision-making. Well, that is great. So um, when we contacted you, we, uh, we discussed what you talk about and you decided that you wanted to talk about Read and Write for Google. So Let's get started and uh, explain to those who may not know what it is. What is sure. it? Yeah, so uh, Read and Write for Google is a, I guess I would call it a literacy uh, tool or a, a suite of tools um, uh, that really help with literacy in the classroom um, that plug directly into your Google Docs environment um, and also to Chrome as a whole. So there's actually a Chrome extension, but then there's also an extension for um, Google Docs and uh, in your Google, uh, well, Google, all Google uh, apps, Google Docs, Google Suites, uh, or Google Slides and Google Sheets. Um, and what it does is it provides a, a lot of those tools that we know our students want to use um, and uh, things like uh, on-demand dictionary, things like on-demand highlighters, um, and just has some really fantastic features that we uh, really fell in love with. And the fact that it's part of the workflow natively makes it incredibly powerful. So you mentioned uh, the highlighters and the dictionary. Are there any other features that uh, you find extremely helpful, your students and your teachers? Yeah, so um, it really is um, a tool that uh, it does text-to-speech, it does speech-to-text. It also um, allows for students to highlight um, particular words and look them up and find a definition for them, as well as provide some graphic organizers and other tools like um, a screen, 
I forget what you call it, but a, a mask basically. So the students could block out some of the extra noise and look at only a few lines of text at a time. Um, so there really are, it's really a, a full suite of tools, um, including um, picture dictionaries um, for students that are maybe ELL students um, or students that just, that's a, a way that it will help them learn new vocabulary. So um, there are just a lot of tools. I think we'd be, I'd be remiss to try to list them all because I'd end up missing some for sure. So, um, it sounds like there are a lot of really good options. Sometimes uh, teachers have difficulty putting things into their practice if they're not familiar or they don't know what the options are. How are the teachers in your district using this and what age students are using it? So I think that, that's probably one of the things uh, for me when I want to measure success of a, of a deployment or a new tool that we've adopted. Um, I always look at that. How many people are using it? Um, how easily has it been adopted? And that was one of the things with Read and Write for Google that was so just, just over the top um, because we were looking for a replacement. We, you know, we became a Google um, domain and we were looking for a replacement to other pieces of software that required us to install them locally, put them onto you know, the students who needed that accommodation. It was specifically um, a SPED accommodation. And I said, hey, you know, why don't we check this thing out? And so when we looked at pricing, we said, wow, we could actually buy this for everybody for less than what we were paying for the handful of students who needed the, the other tools installed locally and all the headache that came with that. So we said, well, let's see what happens. And we really didn't push it. We didn't put it out there and say every teacher must use this or every student must use this. And we just said, well, let's, we'll subscribe to it for a year. We'll watch and, and, and see what happens. We offered, of course, some professional learning opportunities for people who are interested um, and for those people who are going to need to use it. Um, but one of the things that was really interesting for us was the way that it took off, not just in SPED, but because every student had this tool set and because it's right there in the Google Doc and native, we were getting inquiries back from ELL teachers. We were getting inquiries back from just high school English teachers who had students who were um, either struggling or a couple of years behind and trying to really get them um, some of the organizational and executive function skills um, that they really wanted to see improve to improve their writing. So it was very organic and very cool that, you know, we saw teachers adopting this and students adopting it. And by making it a tool that was available to everybody um, and not only students that had this accommodation or this particular need or this particular class, um, it really changed how it was picked up um, and used universally. So right now, every student in our division has it. Um, and we see usage really from, you know, first grade, second grade, once the students are really starting to type on computers and use keyboards um, from that level all the way through 12th grade, um, we, we're seeing it universal. So are the teachers providing instruction on how to use the tools after they've been trained or have the kids just kind of noticed that it was there and figured it out with the help of other students? How, how does that work? So I think it's both. I think in some cases, I know there are teachers that are champions for this particular tool set in every, in every school. There are teachers who just say, I couldn't do what I do without this tool. And a lot of times they're teaching, they're, they're focused and very purposefully teaching their students how to use it. But we know that there's also some turnaround training that happens where students say, oh, hey, check this thing out. <laughs> And they tell their friends and they tell other teachers and the other teacher goes, well, I didn't know we had that. Um, so we know that it's both um, that, that are happening. Um, but I can, I can certainly identify who the teachers are in each building that are making sure that day one, week one of the school year, they're going, okay, 
we're going to use these tools. We're, you know, they're going to really help us with organizers. And they're going to really help us with um, some of the language acquisition that we want to happen. That's great. So have you seen a lot of difference since you've been using it? What, what have you noticed or what have the teachers noticed? Uh, I think the biggest thing is um, because I think that a lot of us are struggling right now with getting our students to be um, prolific writers and like trying to get the, the writing um, where we want it to be. Um, and for, you know, any myriad of reasons, um, it seems like uh, getting kids to want to write seems to get harder and harder. Um, and so what we're seeing is a change in that because our students who maybe were reluctant before and or, you know, had other types of defense mechanisms to get away from or to just avoid the writing now feel like they're supported um, and have a tool set that's right there. So what we're seeing is a change in our reading and writing scores. And we're also seeing a change in just amount of activity, even when the students are home with their devices um, going on. So once we deployed Read and Write for Google, we did see a pretty significant change in how much writing was going on how many, you know, now that we can track, of course, using Google Docs, how many Google Docs are actually being created by our students. Um, and then, you know, the amount of, you know, students willing to even do that when they're doing homework at home at night. Um, and, and, you know, I think we all have standardized tests and, and you know, there's that, that's one of those measures that we look at. Certainly not, it's not the measure, but we've seen some really great gains in reading and writing um, across the grade levels, which is, is exciting. It's not, you know, wasn't something we saw year one, but now that we're, we did this about three years ago, um, we're really starting to see some of that, uh, the, those returns happening now too. That's great. Anything that gets kids to write more, I think helps improve those scores. Mm -hmm. um, and of course we wanna provide all kinds of resources for the teachers that are listening. Um, if their school doesn't subscribe, can they get access to Read and Write for Google? Is there a free version? What are, what are the differences? Uh, yeah, there is. Um, and I, I guess that's one of the things I will say. That the company who does Read and Write for Google is a company called TextHelp. And um, they really, they're one of those companies that's really just great to work with because there's, a, there's an, you know, a certain amount of compassion there that's very real. And so they have a free version that's out there. What you, what you get with the free version is you get um, text-to-speech and you get speech-to-text. Um, what you don't get are some of the, the, the more elaborate tools, the highlighters, which also allow you then to do something called collect highlights, which is really a cool feature. So there's like a blue, a pink, a yellow, and a green highlighter. And one of the things you can do is highlight sections in different colors and then collect highlights. It'll collect all of those. You tell it which colors to collect and it puts them onto a new document, a new Google Doc. So it takes, if you gave the students a two-page or a three-page um, article, they could collect highlights from that, the key, key ideas they wanted. Um, so that's one of those advanced features that only comes with the paid version. Um, but there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of functionality available through the free version. Um, and absolutely, it's free for, the free version's free for students, and teachers can actually get the full version um, by signing up and just letting them know that they're a teacher. Um, and I, I don't know exactly where the form is, but if you install it from the um, you know uh, Chrome Web Store, and there's a there's a simple thing that says "Are you a teacher?" and you let them know you're a teacher and where you teach, and they'll turn on a full version for you, which is real cool. Okay, and then you said that there is the Read and Write for Google. There are two different extensions that teachers have to get, or well, so the, there's the there's the Read and Write for Google that that is built in as a Chrome Web Store. It's an app that 
comes up and pops up as part of your Google Docs environment. But there's also the Read and Write for Google extension that works on any web page, and that allows you to then go to Wikipedia, go to you know um, any of your encyclopedia sites, any of your other sites, and just highlight text and use those same tools, even though you're not in the Google Docs environment. So there are two tools. Um, you know, one really integrated with Google Doc World and one that um, works anywhere on the web. So uh, they're both available, that's right. Yeah, that's great. I, before we started doing uh, the planning for this episode, I didn't realize that there were two different ones. I was only familiar with the one for Google Docs. So that's great. And we will definitely be putting those uh, resources into our um, web page, into the description box so that you can get that information. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share about the tool or how to use it, how to get started? Uh, no, get started, go to the Chrome Web Store. I would encourage a teacher to you know, try it out themselves and if they think it's a good fit, advocate for it for their students and with their technology departments and say, hey, we gotta get this, guys. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think that every school and every teacher and every student is different. So for some it's a great fit, for some it be. Um, for us, by putting it out there for everyone, we had some surprises from ELL um, and other populations that we didn't necessarily target with the deployment, but became really, really appreciative once we did deploy it. That's great. Is it, a, is it expensive or? I don't think so. Um, I, and I don't, we, we have 4,000, 4,100 students in our school division. We're a small urban district in Virginia. Um, and I, I don't want to get in trouble here, but I think we pay somewhere around $8,000 a year for it. So it's like $2 a student, uh, teachers are free, um, something, something around that price point. So I know it's under $10,000 a year. Um, again, a literacy tool for $2 per year per kid, to me, that's, that's, that's an easy decision to make. Well, yeah, especially if it's something that works and that the kids are really enjoying it and it's helping mm -hmm. them make gains, then I think it is uh, totally, if it's in your budget, then I say go for it. Hopefully mm -hmm. it'll be in the budgets of people listening or they can just use the free tools and get a little bit of benefit from that. Okay. Well, I guess that is... Uh, that is it for this episode. So we'd like to thank our guest, Jeff Faust, very much for being here. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Lisa. It has been a pleasure. Okay. Lisa, are you still there? Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, so thank you, all of our listeners. And if you enjoyed the show, please go ahead and leave us a comment uh, below and let us know. And join us again on Monday, July 3rd. When Pictures. Okay, Lisa cut out a little bit there, so I'm just going to repeat uh, what she said. Uh, so join us Monday, July 3rd, when our guest will be Jonathan Lee, and he'll be talking about coding for teachers. Remember, we're always looking for guests to share the great things they're doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone that fits the bill, or if you'd like to be a guest, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Give us a thumbs up, please, if you like this episode. If you'd like to subscribe, don't forget to click the subscribe button. And you can see there's a link, too, for our other videos. So thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time.